So a trooper, especially a, a new boot trooper, is always tasked with many different things to do. It's not just going out and having fun and arresting bad guys. There's a lot more to it than that. One thing in particular that I had to do when I was a boot trooper, uh, I could never foreseen having to do what I ended up doing. So one night, my, one evening, myself and my FTO are at the office, and I'm sitting at the secretary's desk <clears throat> using her computer. Because we only had two computers in the office when I got there, back in 99, May of 99, May, actually May 10th of 1999 was my first day in the field. The troops computer was an even older one than the secretary's computer, and the troops computer didn't have a printer hooked to it. So if you worked on a criminal investigation report or a long-form traffic crash report dealing with a traffic fatality, you typed it in the computer's room, in the troops room, I mean, on the computer in the troops room, it didn't always translate over to where the secretary's computer could read it correctly. Sometimes it would change the format. So our criminal investigation reports, especially when I was a boot trooper, was what they call a 17A report, which was a long-form report. And I, le I learned pretty quickly on, early on, not to type those type of reports on the troops' computer and then save it to a floppy disk and take it to the secretary's computer. Because if you did that, when you opened it up on the secretary's computer, it totally changed the format. And those reports were our felony reports. Of course, as a boot trooper, I had to do it for everything even on misdemeanor reports, even if somebody's mailbox got dinged in the middle of the night and you had no evidence or sus nor, nor suspects. It still had to be done on that form. <clears throat> so anyway, I was sitting at the secretary's desk one night, and it was summertime. I was still on training. My FTO was there one evening. It was probably about, uh, I'm guessing maybe... Seven or eight o'clock. And I'm sitting there at the computer typing away. And there was my FTO was there, and there was another one of the troops were there. And one of the senior more seasoned troops were there. And as I'm typing away, I noticed something wet hit my arm. And just a couple minutes prior to that, the other trooper, not my FTO, but the other trooper that was working that mm -hmm. evening, um, had walked past the doorway down the hallway and I didn't know if he was messing with me I mean that was a favorite pastime of the seasoned troops uh, was to mess with the new guys and yeah hazing is a, a whole nother word uh, when it comes to the way the state police and law enforcement used to be ran 20 some years ago so yeah hazing was, was quite prevalent but regardless everybody had to pay their dues including myself as an FNG. So something wet hit my arm. And I, I glanced up, and out of the corner of my eye, I seen that other troop walking down the hallway, and I thought, well, he probably either shot me with a squirt gun or he threw something wet on me. I didn't see him do it because I wasn't paying attention to him. But it just so happened to have hit me right about the time he walked by the doorway into the secretary's office where I was at on the computer. Now, he couldn't use that computer during the daytime because the secretary had to enter reports, uh, IBR, and had to enter reports into the IBR system to send to department headquarters criminal records 
and which in turn then also sent it to the FBI. So he couldn't use that computer during the daytime. Plus, the sergeant always had the secretary type his reports up on that computer. My first attached commander, he hand-wrote his felony reports, gave them to his secretary who typed them. He was very adept at doing that. However, I wasn't a sergeant. I wasn't even a trooper off probation, so I wasn't given that option to be able to do that. So anyway, I kind of ignored it, wiped it off, and went on about my business. Well, a couple minutes later, something else hit me. Some, something wet hit me in the arm again. And I noticed it had been storming outside. Well, at this point, I stopped. Well, nobody walking past the doorway at that time. There was nobody else in the room but me. So now I knew it wasn't another trooper messing with me. Playing the old head games on the FNG on the boot trooper. So now I'm thinking, what is dripping on me? And just by instinct, I happened to look up. And when I looked up, there was water dripping from the ceiling and a big bulge in the ceiling. And the paint and the drywall in the ceiling. So then I thought, uh-oh, the roof's leaking. So I went and got me my FTO and brought him into the room. And I said, sir, uh, I think we got it. the roof's leaking. He looked at me, he looked up, and he's like, crap. The damn drain vents in the roof are leaking again, are clogged up, and it's making the roof fill up with water and leak, leaking. The roof on the old detachment was a flat roof, and it had drains at every corner, and in the mid midsection of the wall, mid midway down the wall of each wall, uh, to drain the roof off. Being a flat roof, obviously when those drains got clogged and it was recessed down, there was about a foot wall around uh, left uh, running up past the roof. So that meant, theoretically, about a foot of water could build up on that roof if those drains were clogged up. And it's storming like hell out. And the old detachment had steps down to the basement from the inside, and it also had exterior set of steps, concrete steps. And those just happened to be right outside the back door that we normally used which brought you into the calm, the hallway right beside the calm room, the communications room, because we had a dispatch center at Romney, and it still is there, just there in a new building right beside where the old one used to be now. So anyway, I asked him, I said, sir, how we, what do we got to do to fix that? He's like, well, we got to climb up on the roof, and there's no interior hatch, roof hatch, so we got to go out and climb up. So we went out to the little shed that we had there, which set about, I'm guessing, four feet away from the edge of the building. Um, and in that four, three to four foot gap was the steps to down to the basement. So he looks around, he can't find the ladder, and he's thinking, crap, I guess our undercover office barred our ladder. So, we still got to get up there and fix the problem. Looking back now, we probably should have called the local fire department to come down to use their ladder truck or give us a ladder to get us up on the roof. But no, not troopers. We don't handle stuff like that. We don't do things like that. So instead, we had a picnic table there. It was about a seven, eight foot long picnic table. A MFTO said, grab that. So we leaned it up against the building. 
course, flipped it upside down, leaning, leaning it up against the building, which the picnic table with the benches and all put on it, attached to it, there was braces under the table. So my FTO used that to climb up the table and get on that shed roof, which was about eight, eight feet up. And he yells at me, come on. So meaning I have to follow. So I don't like heights. Now, eight foot's no big deal. But when you think that between us and the building, it was about a three or four foot gap with a 10 foot drop down because of the steps, Add on that eight foot, if you fall, you're looking at about an 18 foot fall. So he's like, we need to get up on the roof of the building, which were where we were at, we ended up at. And we got to jump from that shed over to the main detachment building. Oh, and by the way, that was where the power lines came into the building from the tower for a radio tower and the main power lines for the electricity supply to the building. And oh, did I mention that it's a lightning storm out right now? And it's lightning and thundering and it's raining to all get out. So here we are on this roof. And he jumps over to the building. And looks at me like, are you coming? Yes, sir. I'm coming. I'm coming over there. So I took a leap of faith. And I had to leap over, land on the edge, the ledge around the roof. So I didn't want to land down on the roof. And I had to also miss the foot thick, probably an eight inch thick uh, bundle of wires going into the building. So here I am jumping over there, hoping I don't miss step and fall to my death or a horrible mangling to bottom of the basement concrete steps which I already fell down when I was a kid, a different set of steps. And that didn't work out too well then. Hopefully, hoping I don't get hit by lightning. Hoping I don't grab a hold of those wires as I'm landing. Because I'm either going to dive a fall or dive an electrocution and a fall. Take your pick. It's not good. So by the grace of God, I landed where I was supposed to without touching any wires. And I looked down... And there's the roof recessed down about a foot from the ledge, the building ledge around the perimeter of the building. And there's about eight inches of water in that one foot depression on top of the roof. How the roof did not collapse with all that weight on it, I don't know. So we had, to, we had two choices to shimmy around the edge of the roof. And stick her hand down into those drains that pull the crap out. Or we had to step down in the water. Well, that ledge was only about eight inches wide. I have a size, I wear a size 13 shoe. That foot doesn't fit on top of that comfortably. So I had to step down in that shit. In my class A shoes. With my dress uniform on. With my dress socks. And walk around that submerged swamp which had everything that had dead leaves dead birds dead bugs you name it was floating around in that pond and i had to stick my arm down foot down through that or eight inches down through that water 
and fished for the drains because you couldn't see them. You could see them on the outside of the building, but you couldn't see where they go through the roof. And you had to fish around and find them. So I fished around, and I think I opened up about four out of the eight or ten drains that was on that roof, which was enough to allow the water off to drain down. So, problem solved, correct? Nope. Not yet. Now I had to leap back across the building from the building detachment roof to that little lawnmower shed that we had. Again, without getting hit by lightning, without losing my footing and falling to my death, or grabbing those wires and getting electrocuted and then falling to my death. Or maybe I'd have been lucky and if I did grab the wires, I would have been electrocuted to death instead of falling to my death. So once I fell after that, I was already dead. So I troopered up and I jumped back over to that building. I made it. So problem solved, correct? Yeah, for that time it was. However, it wouldn't be my first time doing this. I ended up at least one more time on that roof in the middle of a lightning storm to clean those drains out. A lightning and rainstorm. So, I actually made it up there twice without getting electrocuted and falling to my death. So, that's batting a thousand in my book. It's just a prime example of some of the things that the members of our West Virginia State Police have to do or could have to do at any given time. Yeah, we had a maintenance guy, but he mainly spent his time in Charlestown at Troop Headquarters. And we had to wait for him to come over to fix our stuff. And it was dripping on the one computer that I needed to finish my reports. So that was unacceptable. So we had to fix the problem. And more or less, I had to fix the problem. But I took care of it.